Thank you for downloading Peter Smythe's podcast. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Peter and this work at Smythe.tv. All right, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn over to Romans 10, 17. This message is going to be somewhat of a spiritual tune-up. It's kind of like this. You know, your car is running okay, but you think that if you take it into the mechanic and he kind of fine-tunes it, that it's going to run a whole lot better and things are going to be a whole lot easier for you. So you take it in. And that's what this message is kind of like. Because there is a lot of preaching on faith, but it's all based upon Romans 10, 17. But the big question is whether or not the King James and the NIV have translated the Greek in a way that really is conducive to what Paul is writing about when it comes to faith. So if you're there... Let's go ahead and read, and I'm going to read the King James first, because it is most familiar to all of us. The King James reads, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, in reading the King James, you notice that the word cometh is in italics, and that's because cometh is not in the original Greek. What's interesting here is there's no verb. So in the Greek, there's just no verb. It says, so then, faith, and then in the Greek, it says, ek akaios. And ek is a preposition, and akaios is a noun. There's just no verb there. So what the translators did is they put the verb cometh because the preposition ek means out from. Now let's go to the NIV, because the NIV translates it basically the same way. The NIV says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Now the thing about both translations is that they take this word, akaios, and both translations translate it as the act of hearing. Meaning that, Faith comes as the word is being preached, but only as the word is being preached because it's present tense participle. It's faith cometh by hearing, and if you're, quote, not hearing at the time, then there's no faith coming or there's no faith present. And that's the way this verse is preached all throughout the body of Christ. Let me give you, uh, I took this from a ministry's um, website to illustrate the point. Ministry says, preaching on, Romans 10, 17, it says, quote, as I hear the word of God, faith comes to me, unquote. Now, the thing is, that might be true under Romans 10, 17, but you can see the limitation there is, it's only as the believer hears the word. It's kind of like the physical act of hearing contains the faith, but if, if the microphone is turned off, then faith dissipates and goes away. Here's another quote. 
As you listen to God's word coming out of your own mouth, your faith will get a great boost. Again, it, the, the emphasis is on present tense hearing. And what this does is this leads to exhortations to have more faith or to work harder at having faith. What do I mean? Well, you hear things like, well, you need to get into these meetings so you can get your faith built up. How many of us have heard that? So you go to conference after conference after conference or meeting after meeting because the underlying implication is if you're not sitting under the word, if you're not sitting under a preacher, then there's no faith to be found. It's all dissipated because the word's not presently going forth. And the thing about it is, the implication is you can keep on coming and coming, but in a, in a way, you're just never going to get there. You're never going to get to the point where your faith is, quote, built up, because once the preaching stops, well, then all the faith is gone. You see what I mean? Or that's at least the way it's been preached. I mean, that's the way that I've heard it. Now, think of the implication of that when it comes to the gospel accounts. Take a look at, say, the woman with the issue of blood. You know, you have a woman who's been hemorrhaging for 12 years, and instead of the account that we have, we would have something like, oh, you're the woman with the issue of blood. It's good to see you again. Glad that you could come to the conference. Glad to see you. You know, I saw you a few months ago at this conference, and I saw you at what? Last year's conference. So you're getting your faith built up, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm working at getting my faith built up. You know, that is the talk of, around the body of Christ about faith based upon this scripture. Or think about blind Bartimaeus. You know, I mean, you know, you, you would hear something like, because I've heard it, I've heard it time and time again. He said, well, he's a serious case. He really needs to get under the word and get under the word a lot, right? Because he's blind. And blindness is a whole lot harder than a cold, a whole lot harder than the flu or something to that effect. And so he needs to just keep on hearing preaching and preaching and preaching. Hey, why don't you get some CDs, get some DVDs, play them at night, play them all the time and all that kind of stuff. And you can see that the underlying implication is, well, you can build up your faith, but you just really, buddy, are never, ever going to arrive. Because once you turn off that microphone, once you turn off that recorder, once you turn off that TV, well, faith isn't coming anymore, and so you're, you're, you're just out of luck. Now, at this point, I probably need to Recite to you Mark 4, 9. Let him who has ears, let him hear. Because it's really hearing the gospel that gets the results. It's not just the physical act of hearing. So anyway, let's go to Romans 10, 17 and kind of break this down. And let's see if there's a better translation. A better understanding of what Paul is writing here. Okay, in the Greek, like I said, the last couple words are, or I should say, it changes our understanding of what Paul is writing 
and the nature of faith. Now, if you go up to Romans 10, 16, the interesting thing is Paul uses the same word. He's quoting Isaiah in Romans 10, 16, but we see the same Greek word there, but it's not translated hearing. You know, he doesn't quote Isaiah to say, Lord, who has believed our hearing? No, it's who has believed our message? So you take the same word and you go down and use it for Romans 10, 17, and this is the better translation. Listen to this. I'm, I'm going to read Romans 10, 16, and 17. But not all have obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? You see, faith springs from the message, and the message comes via a declaration of Christ. Now notice that translation. Faith springs from the message. That's going to the preposition, that Greek preposition, that means out from, and it's just giving it some, ver some verbiage or some, an action. Spring from. You see, faith out from, faith springs from, the message. And that changes a whole lot with that verse because it's faith comes from the message, not from the present act of hearing. So let's see how this works with the two gospel examples that I brought out before, the woman with the issue of blood and blind Bartimaeus. Because these gospel examples show us how this Verses played out, how it plays out. I'm going to go to Mark 5 with the woman with the issue of blood. Now listen to the account. Let me read it, and then we'll go down and break it down. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus. Now stop there a minute. She had heard about Jesus. Because we're going to come back to that. Now let's move on. And came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say, Who touched me? But he looked around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, let's go back up to verse 27, where we had stopped, where the scripture says that she had heard about Jesus. Notice that this woman wasn't sitting in a conference hearing preaching. 
Notice that she wasn't, quote, under the word, with faith going forth, the way that we've heard Romans 10, 17 preached. She had heard about him. Question is, what did she hear? Did she hear that he was a good-looking Jew, single? No, that wasn't the message she heard. Was it that uh, she heard that he was no friend of the Pharisees? I mean, here's this guy, and the, the Pharisees have all kinds of trouble with him. He's a troublemaker. No, that wasn't the message that she heard. How do we know what she heard about Jesus? Because remember, when Jesus was at Caesarea Philippi, he said, who do men say that I am? And his disciples said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah. And then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Because it always comes down to that. Who do you say I am? But you see that people are saying all kinds of things about Jesus. I mean, that's my point. I mean, he was known, there was fame about him in Jerusalem and Judea, but people were chattering about all kinds of things about him. But you get back to this woman with the issue of blood, and what was it that she heard? What was it that made her think, if I just touch him, I'll be healed? It couldn't have been that, well, I think he's Elijah, because you go back to Elijah, and why would she think that? That she could just touch him, and she'd be made whole. It couldn't have been that she thought, oh, yeah, he's John the Baptist, because it said that John the Baptist didn't do any miracles. So, you know, uh, in her mind, it couldn't have been, oh, yeah, I think he's John the Baptist, and therefore I'll touch him and be healed. I mean, that, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? Well, there's a portion of Scripture where we understand what Jesus was generally preaching about himself, and that's in Luke 4. Listen to this account. It's 4.16 is where I'm starting from. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Now get this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's reading from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And then in Luke it says, And he rolls up the scroll and gives it back to the attendant and sits down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And what does he say? He says, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now get that. He reads, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he says, it's fulfilled today. 
And he preached that wherever he went. Why? Because that's the mission of the servant. That is Israel's Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew Bible, and he's saying that he is the fulfillment of those scriptures. So he's preaching that wherever he's going. Well, this woman with the issue of blood hears about it, and she puts two and two together. She says, you know what? He's preaching the Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me. said, all I have to do is touch him, and I'll be made whole. So what's she do? She dashes out of her house. She goes from street to street. You know, she doesn't have an iPhone, doesn't have Google Maps or anything. She's got to track him down and track him down she does. She finds that he is surrounded by a crowd and she is undeterred. She fights through the crowd and touches the hem of his garment, his cloak, and what? A power comes in. It's like touching a live wire, and she's healed immediately. And Jesus is aware of it. Now, going back to Romans 10, 17. She didn't sit under the word. She didn't sit under the word time and time again. She didn't sit there and think, you know, i got to build my faith up before I find this guy. No, she went right to the source. Why? Because she believed the message. Faith springs from the message. It's not a matter of physically hearing it over and over and over again. It's a matter of believing what you hear. Hallelujah. The thing is, she wasn't the only one. I mean, this was prevalent everywhere. Listen to the account in Mark 6. This is just a chapter over. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him. Now, look at their reaction. And rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, into cities, into farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. They weren't coming for any conferences. They weren't coming to, quote, sit under the word. They heard and they acted. Faith sprung from the message. It wasn't a matter of hearing present tense. It was a matter that faith sprung from the message that they heard, and they acted on it. What you see here is the outworking of what they believed in the heart. They weren't sitting there saying, you know what? Um, let's get our cots. Let's put our cots out. Let's lay in the cots, you know, in the marketplace, and that will show the Lord what our faith is. No, no, no. No, it didn't work that way. It's not that you put your actions out there in order to show the Lord your faith. Your actions are the outworking of your faith, of what you believe in the heart. Faith springs from the message. Notice that these people acted on the message too. They didn't philosophize. They didn't sit around and say, you know what? If the Lord wants to heal me, he can heal me anytime he wants. 
or a woman with the issue of blood. You know, she didn't say to herself when she heard about Jesus, well, if the Lord wants to heal me, he'll tell Jesus to come knock on my door and he'll come and heal me. No, she went after it. She took the message as she heard it and she acted on it. And that's what faith is all about. Hallelujah. Now let's look at another account. Let's look at blind Bartimaeus. Remember, we talked about how he was a serious case. And on serious cases, the way the preaching has gone lately is, well, you, you know, you better get your tapes, you better get your DVDs, you better stock up and listen to the word over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because faith only comes by hearing present tense, and once you turn that recorder off, it's pretty much dead. But that's not what Romans 10, 17 says. Now let's look at blind Bartimaeus. Let me read the account to you because this is so cool. Mark 10, this is only five chapters away from the woman with the issue of blood. They came to Jericho and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus and son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out, cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now get this picture in your mind. See it in your mind. See what's going on. You got Jesus in a large crowd. They're leaving Jericho. And there's a beggar on the side of the road and he starts shouting out when he finds out who it is. And then you got people saying, telling him to shut up. Says, shut up. And he cries out even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Well, Jesus catches ear of this. And in verse 49, it says, Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Well, take heart, get up. He's calling you. So, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. And Jesus says to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. He joined the crowd. He's a blind beggar one moment on the side of the roadside, and the next moment, he is a guy who can see, and he joins in the crowd walking away with Jesus from Jericho. Isn't that so cool? Now, question is whether Bartimaeus won the lottery that day. I mean, was it just one of those coincidences where Jesus is walking, and then lo and behold, lightning strikes, and Bartimaeus gets healed. No. But notice this. Notice that there's no preaching going on. You know, with what we're looking at with Romans 10, 17, there's got to be some preaching going on for faith to be there. 
but there's no preaching going on. It's just Jesus in a crowd walking from Jericho. But you see something, and this is the key to it. Blind Bartimaeus cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't call Jesus, Jesus. He calls him Son of David. So where's that come from? How, where's, it, where's this guy get that? I'll tell you exactly where he gets it. He gets it from 2 Samuel 7. Now, in that chapter, you have the prophet Nathan is prophesying to King David. And listen to what he says. When your days are fulfilled, fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom listen to verse 13 he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever forever I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. Now, you go to verse 16. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. What's going on here? Nathan prophesies to David that one of his offspring is going to be a king and going to be a king forever. You can cross-reference that to Psalm 110. And basically, is that uh, the king that's coming after David is going to be a king above all kings. Now, this is a prophecy to Israel. And then you go back to the account of blind Bartimaeus. You've got a blind Jewish man on the side of the road who remembers who has heard that prophecy. And when he hears of Jesus coming down the road, he says, that's the guy. That is the son of David. There comes the king, and king, have mercy on me. You see, faith springs from the message. He believed the message, and the message was the prophecy that Nathan gave to David. And that's why he calls him son of David. And that's why Jesus says, well, your faith has healed you. Because your faith came from the message, and that message was, yes, I'm going to be the king. You believe the scriptures, Bartimaeus, and the scriptures prophesied of me, and that faith of yours has made you whole. Now, in the context of this message, notice then, again, there wasn't any preaching going on, but Bartimaeus had faith because why? He believed the message. Now, let me jump over to Galatians, because in Galatians, Paul is writing to born-again Christians, this is post-resurrection. This is where we are. Now listen to what he says because they start getting off, off message. 
they start getting into Judaism, Old Testament, following the law. And he's got to bring them back. Now listen to what he writes in Galatians 3, 1 and 2. He says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. Now let's stop there a minute. These Galatians didn't physically see Jesus crucified. What Paul is referring to there is the message, the gospel. And he says that the gospel was made so plain to you that he says it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. Now notice the result of their believing the message. This is verse 2. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing works of the law or by believing what you heard? Believing what you heard. Faith springs from the message, see. Believing what you heard. Hallelujah. They received from God... They received the Spirit by believing what they had heard. It wasn't a present tense thing. It was believing the message. Let me bring one other scripture to you. And this is Acts 5, 14 and 15. I want you to see this too. Because I want you to compare that, compare these scriptures to our environment today. The scriptures say, yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he came by. Now let's camp out at, this, at these scriptures for a minute. You've got believers being added to the Lord and that these believers were carrying the sick out into the streets like we read before with Jesus, laying the sick on cots and mats so that when Peter came, his shadow might even fall on them. Now, what's going on here? Why are they doing this? Because they've heard of an anointing on Peter. They've heard of Jesus being resurrected and ascending on high and giving gifts unto men. And those gifts to some men are distributions of the Holy Ghost. With Peter, it was a healing anointing. So what I want you to see here is that they're coming from everywhere to get in front of Peter. so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them. Notice that not to hear Peter, they've already heard the message. They're acting on the message that they've already heard. See, that's where faith is. 
you see the outworking of their faith. It's not that they're laying out cots and laying on cots and everything in order to, quote, show the Lord their faith. It's that they're doing this because of their faith, because of what they believe. And it goes back to the message that they've heard. You know, in Paul writing to the Thessalonians, I think it is, he said, you receive the message the way that it really is, not from men, but from God. And I think a lot of times what we do is we hear preaching as the word of men and not as the word from God, but not these guys. These guys are like, hey, we've heard from the Lord and we're going to get in front of Peter and we're going to make sure that Peter's healing anointing falls on us. Hallelujah. Notice that they didn't come to attend a conference. They didn't come to sit under a meeting and go meeting after meeting after meeting. They came to be healed. Why? Because they heard a message and they believed it and they acted on what they believed. That is what faith is all about. And that is what Paul is talking about in Romans 10, 17. It's acting on what you believe. Faith springs from the message. Hallelujah. You could, have, you could preach a message and somebody act on it 10 years down the road. Why? Because that faith is there from the message. All they have to do is believe it. Jesus said, just believe. It's not a matter of working your faith up. It's a matter of believing what the Lord has done already. Hallelujah. So let me put it this way. I mean, this is one way of looking at it. This is what you're seeing with the woman with the issue of blood, for instance. You can believe that God sent forth his son to save the world. And you can nod your head yes about that, said okay, yeah. But the real issue is whether you believe that God sent forth his son to save you. And that's where the faith is. See, the woman with the issue of blood, she could have said, oh, well, I've heard about Jesus. It's this guy who says the spirit of the Lord is on me for he has anointed me. And she could have said to herself, well, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if he's just talking out of his head. I don't know if he's just kind of making that up. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I just don't know. But you see, she didn't do that at all. She took that as the very word of God. She hadn't seen Jesus before. She didn't even know who he was. But she had heard the message. She had heard the message that God's servant was going to come and the Spirit of the Lord was going to be on him for the Lord would anoint him. And we see in the gospel record that Jesus was anointed by the Spirit when he was baptized by John the Baptist. Well, you didn't have to tell that woman twice. She's out of the house and she's, she's running and gunning to go down and find that guy. I'm going to find that guy and I'm going to touch his clothes and when I do, I'm going to be healed. She didn't care what the crowd thought. She didn't care what the academics thought. She didn't care what the Pharisees thought. She didn't care what the theologians thought. She had heard the word and she acted on it. 
And she didn't have to hear it over and over and over again. It only took one time. She hears about it and she is off and running. And that is faith springing from the message. Hallelujah. That is how we need to act. And that is how we receive the message. Amen. So this has been a spiritual tune-up. So when you read back through Romans 10, 17, you see what Paul is saying. He's not saying that, that faith comes by physically hearing and then when the preaching stops, the faith dissipates. No, go back up to, to Romans 10, 16. Who has believed our message? And you take that same word and you plug it into Romans 10, 17 and you see that faith springs out of the message. Hallelujah. You don't have to hear the word two times, three times, a hundred times in order for it to work, in order for it, for you to receive from God. You can hear one time and believe it and be like that woman. You can catch the live wire and boom, you receive from the Lord. That's what Paul is talking about in Romans 10, 17. Hallelujah. So that concludes this message. Let's go to the benediction. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and majesty and power and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. We are 100% listener supported. You may lend your support at smythe.tv.